Uh, we're going to continue in 1 Peter 5. 1 Peter 5, 5, we'll get it back into the swing of the lesson. 1 Peter 5, 5, as the verse we left off with yesterday. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another, for God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Now, of course, this comes off the uh, heels of his exhortation to the elders, right? Exhorting the elders to... Uh, shepherd the flock and exercise oversight, but willingly and not eagerly, etc., etc. And then, of course, he says, likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. And then this, clothe yourselves with all humility. Humility is, as we noted last, I would keep wanting to say last night or last week, but as we noted yesterday, humility is the key to the letter, right? It's the key to his main points about submission, which there are many in the book. The book, First Peter, is full of instructions to submit, to be subject to in some respect. And of course, humility is the key to that, right? Uh, it is, of course, a fundamental attribute. I think there are, oh man, it's hard to say exactly, but there are probably two or three key attributes, key qualities of the Christian. One, of course, is humility. I would say maybe self-control. Uh, love, of course, definitely one of them. Uh, humility is one of the foundational attitudes of Christianity. It is humility that compels us to submit to God in uh, our first conversion, right? When we decide that we, we, we have faith in him and we decide to submit to his will. Well, that's a, an aspect of humility, understanding that he is greater than us and he is the judge and we are not and, and that we need his forgiveness. And, and it continues through. Peter and James have very similar things to say. Today we're going to read some of Peter and some of James and we're going to note the similarities because they have a lot of similarities. Uh, oh, Keith reports, says Lee. Keith reports that she is out. Yeah, that makes sense because she, she had to be up there at like 445. So uh, Amy is out of surgery and she is doing well. So we're thankful for that. Uh, that Amy is doing well. So keep pray for her recovery. I know she was so excited to have the surgery. She's been hurting for weeks and weeks and weeks. Maybe, surely not years, but months. She's been hurting for months. So be praying for Amy's recovery. Uh, we're going to read 1 Peter 5 and part of James chapter 4. Uh, we're going to read these. And as we read these, note the themes with me. Uh, so let's start with 1 Peter 5, 5 through 9. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another, for God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Uh, it's interesting, this text. Uh, note the themes here as we go through, and then we're going to read James, a similar passage in James. Uh, so first of all, God opposes the proud. This is a quote, of course, that James is going to use as well. Uh, Humble yourself that he may exalt you. This is going to be another theme that we see in James as well. Casting your cares on him. We're going to see how what James says uh, in comparison to that. Being sober-minded and watchful. And then, of course, resisting the devil. Now let's read James 4, 5 through 10. Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us, but he gives more grace? 
Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. These passages have so many things in common, right? As we go through, we're going to break it down as we go through. Uh, ultimately in service to one goal that we'll look at in just a minute. So how many similar things do we see? Well, we see, first of all, humility, right? Humility is the same thing. This quote from Proverbs, uh, specifically the Greek version of Proverbs is what this is quoted from. If you look in your, uh, you probably have a footnote in your Bibles where this comes from in Proverbs, but it uses scornful, at least in the ESV. This is from the, a quote from the Greek version of Proverbs. Uh, Humble yourself, equals submitting to God, right? Submitting to God is done through humility. So when we think about this similar idea that James and Peter are talking about, the main, the core of it is humility of lowering of oneself in relation to something else. And of course, in relation to God at this, in this particular text, this idea that we are submitting to God's will, that is humility. Submitting to his will, submitting to his desire, submitting to his, his goodness, submitting to his authority, right? That's what we're doing when we are humbling ourselves. And note what they both say. I'll, I'll put it back up there. You can read it. Uh, note what the, they both say. Humble yourself. The, James says it at the end there. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will exalt you. And Peter, of course, says it uh, earlier in the text. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God so at the proper time he may exalt you. This idea of him exalting us, what does it mean if we let God do the exalting? Well, it means that we're not going to be doing the exalting. So what does it look like when you exalt yourself? You make yourself look good. You make it all about you. Oh, look at how great I've done. Oh, look at how much I'm doing for the kingdom. Oh, look at how great I am at being a Christian, right? If we put the focus on ourselves. If we're letting God exalt us, well, ultimately he's going to do that when? Well, he's going to do that in judgment, right? And in eternity, when we're letting God do the exalting, it's it sometimes is going to feel like maybe that's not happening. And if we have this attitude, well, it needs to be about me and I need to have the recognition that I deserve, then we're missing the point, right? Because is it what Peter said earlier? It's all about glorifying him. I, I should have my Bible pulled up. There's no need to paraphrase this. Back in first, I'll pull up my Bible real quick. Back in first Peter chapter yeah, 1 Peter chapter 3, or chapter 4, rather. 1 Peter 4, verse 11. Whoever speaks is one who speaks the oracles of God. Whoever serves is one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, right? So that's our goal, is to glorify God. That means we're going to exalt Him by being humble so that at the proper time He will exalt us. Now, note the attitude in our hearts. I'll put these PowerPoint, this... The verses back up. Note the attitude. Uh, Peter says, be sober-minded and be watchful. Uh, what does James say? Well, he says, be wretched and mourn and weep. And I think they, there's a little bit of a difference, obviously, between these two ideas, but they have the same idea of not letting ourselves be carried away by the maybe pleasures or temptations of the world, right? That's what we're, when we're sober-minded, we're being controlled. We're being alert. We're being aware. He says, watchful. 
when James says be wretched and mourn and weep, that's because they're they are were so focused. The people that James were writing to were so focused on the earthly pleasure or, or having their way that they had gotten distracted through the course of their actions and attitudes. They were distracted from doing the right thing. So Peter and James are making the same point here. Hey, watch out. You need to be careful in your thinking. You need to be serious in your thinking about the world and you're thinking about how you're living for God and don't let the world distract you with all of its allure, right? Be sober-minded. Don't let the, the, the temptations of the world distract your mind from that thing which you're supposed to be doing, which is glorifying God. Now, Ultimately, these are all in service. All of the things that we've talked about so far are in service to the same thing. And we'll put it back up there another time. James says what? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now, Peter is a little more explicit about this, right? Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him firm in your faith. And we'll read the rest of that in just a minute. This is the, the point, right? We're, resist, we're trying to resist the devil. And... These attitudes are the things that help us resist the devil. Let's consider the opposite. Well, humility. When we are proud, don't you just know the devil is waiting and eager for us to be proud? It's easy to make somebody who is proud turn against God. Or maybe not turn against God, but ignore God's commands. Maybe you still believe in God, but it's easy if you are proud and arrogant in your heart. Well, it's all about me. I don't really need to do this command or I don't really just need to submit in this relationship or I don't really need to behave in this way, right? If I'm proud, well, man, don't you just know the devil's ready to pounce, right? He prowls around like a roaring lion. It's easy for him to turn people away from God if they're proud and arrogant. Now, the second idea, those who are not sober-minded, those who drown themselves in the pleasure of the world, right? Well, again, they're easy prey for the prowling lion. Those who are not being serious in their thoughts, who are not being intentional and purposeful and sober-minded, as Peter would say, who are letting themselves be distracted by the pleasures and temptations of the world, is what I think James would say. Instead of having laughter, let it be mourning, be wretched and mourn and weep about your sin. If you're not having that attitude, again, the devil's your easy prey for the lion that is the devil. He's just going to come around and snatch you up. Uh, thinking, yeah, thinking less of your... I'm trying to read what Tom is saying. Yeah, not thinking less of yourself, but thinking less of yourself. That phrase I think maybe some people have heard before, right? That we're making it more about God. Isn't that the point? And that is how we resist the devil. When we make it more about God and less about us, then it's easier to resist the devil, who is always trying to get us to turn away from God. And and I think the idea of turning away from God, there's two ways that sort of plays out. The devil is not necessarily, I don't think, trying to get us to, maybe he is, but he doesn't need to get you to stop believing in God. He doesn't need to do that, right? Because it's just as effective if he convinces you that you still believe in God, but you stop doing his will, you stop serving him, you stop being humble in your attitude, you stop being unselfish in your way that you're serving, you stop making things about others, right? He, the devil doesn't need to make you stop believing in God. He just needs to make you stop doing God's will. And so we get, I think, distracted and we get proud and we get arrogant and we, we let ourselves be distracted by these things. And before you know it, we're not doing anything that God wants, 
we're in fact just doing the things that the devil wants, who ultimately, as long as you're doing not doing the things that God wants, he's winning. Uh, the devil is, that is. So one more point, common point that helps us resist. And, and I want to read, uh, bring this point up in this text here. Let's read what Peter says. Peter says, uh, actually, let's start with James because James has the more broad one. Draw near to God. I think I could do my mouse with this right here. Uh, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Well, Peter explains how to do that in First Peter. What does he say? Cast, let's see if I can bring it up here. Yeah, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you, right? That's how we draw near to God is casting all our cares on him. That's the thing, another thing that will help us resist the devil is this, if I'm drawing near to God and I'm putting my cares in him and my anxieties on him and I'm giving him all of my problems and I'm, I'm bringing them to God and I'm praying to him and I'm, I'm fellowshipping with him and I'm worshiping him and I'm, I'm letting go of the anxieties and the stresses of life and I'm not trying to rely on myself. Because why? Because I'm humble enough to know that I'm not good enough. Isn't that the point? I'm humble enough to know that I can't fix it all. So I'm giving those things to God. I'm casting my anxieties on him. And ultimately, I'm humble enough to know that he is strong enough to help me, whatever those problems may be. And why am I doing that? Because he cares for me. And ultimately, if I'm not doing that, if I'm not casting my cares on God, again, the devil is really good at using our worries and our anxieties and our burdens to drag us down. And again, it's not that we maybe, maybe it's not that we stop believing in God, but you know, I, I stop going to church and I stop praying and I stop spending time with other Christians and I feel so discouraged and I feel so down and I feel so anxious and I just don't want to do anything. I can't be good enough. And we, I, I think maybe we've all experienced the downward spiral, right? We spiral down because we're not, we're not putting things on God. We're not submitting to his will and, and the cycle of guilt and shame and the cycle of, of anxiety and the cycle of depression. And before you know it, I haven't been doing anything to serve God. Maybe it's been years because of this vicious cycle. So as we're resisting the devil, we're trying to unload our cares onto God, which is how we draw near to God. And ultimately, when we do these things, we're humble when we are looking over my note. Well, yes, humble, sober-minded, and casting our cares on him. Those three things, that's the way we resist the devil. Now, Peter is going to say one more thing in the text. We're going to finish with 1 Peter 5, 9 through 11. Resist him, firm in your, uh, resist the devil, that is, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. This is what he says as he wraps up this idea in the text. And what's his point here? Remember, as we've said over and over and over, I'm trying to get us to have this idea of the context in our head. Peter is writing to Christians, the elect exiles of the dispersion in all of these different regions. Perhaps Jews who had been separated from their ancestral homeland. Perhaps Christians who felt like they did not belong in the world. But either way, the encouragement at the end here is the same, right? You are not alone in your suffering. The things that you are going through, 
I don't know what it is. But the things that you are going through are not unseen. They are not... You're not alone in that. Your suffering is being experienced by Christians throughout the world. Isn't that his point here? Why would that be encouraging? The same problems you face are the same problems that Christians face not only here but in other countries. And if they can endure, so can you. We could flip that around. If you can endure, so can they. Because ultimately the same God that serve, they serve in, I don't know, Australia is the same God that you serve here. Now, in particularly, I think at this particular time, this is apt, right? Every Christian in the world is enduring the same problem right now, maybe in a more literal way than perhaps Peter was intending, but definitely in the most literal sense possible, every Christian is enduring the most difficult or the, the same difficulty right now. Uh, how many Christians do you know of that are, are isolated like you are? Well, of course, there's the ones in Dewey, but you know, there's the ones in, in Oklahoma City, and there's ones in China, and there's ones in Europe, and there's ones in, 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 I don't know, Russia, wherever, who are enduring the same kinds of suffering that you are now. If we're not careful, the suffering that we endure can very easily lead to despair and discouragement and ultimately giving up. Peter's point, and I'll put the, the scripture back up one more time. Resist him firm in your faith, knowing the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, right? A little while. This is not going to last forever. It's just not. As we are enduring and we're resisting and we're humbling ourselves, we're, we're casting our cares on God, we're being serious and sober-minded in our thoughts, Part of that sober-mindedness is the recognition that things are not always going to be the way they are now. He will ultimately, what will God do? Restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you? I believe that he will do that. I have faith that he will do that. And I hope that you do too. Let's end in a prayer. God, we ask that you give us the strength that you have promised. We ask that you restore us to a good relationship with you. We ask that you restore us to our perfect selves that you want us to be, cleansed by your Son's blood. I ask that you please be with those who are suffering in the world, especially those in your household, those who are part of your family, that you would give them strength and endurance in this time. Help us to resist the devil. Help us to cast our cares on you because you care for us. Help us to be sober-minded to be serious in our thinking about spiritual matters. We love you and we thank you for Jesus. In his name, amen.